So I know that you didn't step into a, a church environment to hear about my dysfunctional golf game, that's for sure. But, but trust me when I tell you that this story is leading to something. I, uh, last year I shared that I was taking some lessons online from a person. And I, if you don't remember, I shared a little clip of how it was going. And I was in my basement, and I have a net down there, and I was taking these, I was filming it for this guy that was going to critique my swing. And if you missed the message, I'll tell you what happened. I was, I was taking a swing in my basement, and the club went flying out of my hands. And it flew behind me right over Jake's drum set. Jake, if you would have been playing the drums, you'd probably still be in a coma. I'm just being honest with you. It was, it was like crazy. And after I shared that clip, someone came up to me and they said, oh my gosh, that was, that was funny. I can't believe that you, you, you put that clip together for the message. And I said, I said, I, didn't, I, I, said, I didn't do that on purpose. I said, do you think I purposely threw the club? They're like, well, yeah. I said, no, I, I don't purposely throw clubs around my house unless I'm really mad. But I mean, I was like, no, I didn't make that for the message. I said, that's just what happened. And it's like they didn't believe it. I'm like, you got to understand. My, I, so a month after that, and I never showed you this, but I will now. A month after that happened in my basement last summer, um, this, this actually happened out at uh, the driving range. Um, it's going to come any time here. When it does, you're going to see. Yeah, there we go. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So here's what's so funny about that. The, the, the driving range is full. So the guy right next to me, it flies out of my hands. I turn around, I look at him. You could just see the fear of God in his eyes. Like, it was a great opportunity to invite him. I'm like, you, you should meet Jesus. He would help you with that fear. So it was, but that, I mean, it's insane what God's doing. So you might ask, why do I keep even going to these lessons and even trying to get better? The thing is, I can't let golf win. And you need to know that. So I asked myself, what keeps me trying to get better? What keeps me not just giving up completely? And golfers would get this. It's the one shot. It's the, it's, you can golf 18 holes, swing the club over 100 times, which I, well over 100, and swing the club 100 times, and it's that one shot. The one shot you hit flush, and it's a perfect trajectory, and everything about it is perfect. And you're like, if I could just do that every time, and it keeps you coming back. And I love that. And my goal, I told God, my goal is that that's not going to be the exception, that one shot. It's going to be the norm. And as I was talking about that or thinking about that this week, I thought about you in church. And I thought about when we come to church, and especially on Sunday, right? We're together. We're feeling good. We're full of the Spirit. We're celebrating decisions for Christ. We're celebrating victory in Jesus. But how many of us, after celebrating victory in Jesus on a Sunday, are still living defeated lives? You know what I'm saying? I mean, can we get real? We, we want to be a church that just, we're real. Like, how many of us, we, we, we know the, the, the joy of the Lord is our strength, but we're walking around weak and defeated. And we're asking ourselves, why am I, like, why am I still struggling with this sin? Like, why are my thoughts still so off and still so wrong? We're in a series called God, Why? And we might be asking God, God, why do I keep messing up? Why? I should know better by now. I should be farther along by now. Man, I'm telling you, look up here. If you are living in bondage to, to sin, like if, the, if you're in the same struggle, struggling with the, the habits that you can't break, like thoughts you can't say, seem to avoid, behavior that you can't escape, this message is for you. I promise you, and I think it's for a lot of people if we're honest, that we get frustrated. The, the, the Apostle Paul, uh, if you don't know who he is, he, 
he wrote a lot of the New Testament, but through the inspiration of God. He, he was a, used to be a really bad guy, and then he met Jesus. And, and, and even though Jesus changed him, he still struggled. In, in Romans 7, and I'm not even preaching out of that, and you're going to get a lot of scripture today, man. I hope you came hungry for the word of God. Romans 7, Paul is struggling, and he's saved. And he's like, why am I doing the things I don't want to do? I, I, I keep doing it. I know I shouldn't. And you, he, you can just see this internal struggle. And it's this battle of, of Paul and his strength, which is so limited. And I liken it, my illustration, this is the best I can come up with. But my illustration is, like, the bad guy are, is these double-stuffed Oreo cookies. Like, this is, this is the bad guy. This is what we keep going back to. Maybe, maybe it is actually cookies for you. I don't know. But, but this is... This is the, the, the flesh. This is the desire that we know that we shouldn't do. God, I know I shouldn't eat the whole bag. By the way, they had single stuff, and I thought, those aren't even tempting. So I had to get something that was tempting. In fact, why did they even make single stuff anymore? I'm asking, for, I'm honest, I don't know. Like, we rebuke single stuff in the name of Jesus. We don't want it. So double stuff is where it's at. This is what's tempting. So the, Paul's like, I can't stand it. I go there, it feels good for a minute, but it's miserable at the end of the day. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clue you in right away at, at one of the secrets of, of why you may be struggling and I may be struggling with something that I keep going back to at the end of the day. It has to do with strength. Say strength. Listen to this. The inability to stop sinning is usually an indicator of a lack of understanding of God's strength. In other words, when we don't understand the power of God, when we don't truly comprehend the power of God to heal, to, to save, to set free, to change, the power of God to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, when we don't understand that power and we start to rely on our own power, what happens is we, we, we'll go to the sin and the sin will we'll eat the whole bag, right? And then we feel guilty about it. And then we feel this emptiness. I mean, we're full physically, but we feel this emptiness. And, and we go back to the sin, back to the guilt, back to the... It's this never-ending cycle when you're working in your strength, in your power. It, it, so I want to preach to you out of multiple letters that Paul wrote today. The main one is a book in, uh, written to the church in Galatia called Galatians. But before we get to that, I want to give you two, two um, verses, three verses out of Ephesians. Listen to what Paul, Paul, the same Paul that was struggling in sin, writes this. He says in Ephesians 6.10, a final word, be strong, there it is, in the Lord and his mighty power. Whose power? Yeah, God's, the Lord's, his mighty power put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We are against evil rulers and authorities in an unseen world, against mighty powers in a dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. We are in a spiritual battle. And I think we underestimate it way too often. We said last week, the devil is real, right? The demons are real. And if you're still struggling with that concept, you probably never had a group of teenage middle school girls spend the night at your house. That's all that means, right? Ava, you're a junior now, but there was a time when you weren't. And I'll never forget when all those girls were there. I, we heard noises 
from the enemy, shrieks and laughs and screams. I'm like, Jody and I never sleep with our bedroom door locked, but I was ready to go buy a deadbolt. I'm like, I don't know what's manifesting down there, but I think she has red hair. So, I mean, it was, it was scary. So, but Christians, can Christians be, can Christians be impacted by demons? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, that, that's mainly who the demons are going after. It's so funny to me to think that, well, I have the power of God in me. Yep, and you have, now you have a target on your back. So I'll take it every day of the week because I want the power of Christ in me. But I'm telling you, why would Paul say armor up as he writes to a church? Why would Paul say resist the strategies of the devil if the devil's not coming after you? I'm telling you, you in Christ, you have an enemy. And, and, and when you're in Christ, in the family of God, he comes for you. So we're called to stand firm, called to resist the devil. And the, the, the devil's goal is to deceive you. He, he wants you to believe that you're a product of your past. That you're a slave to sin. In bondage to your past behaviors. How did I write it down? I put um, control, that you are destined to fail. Controlled by your habits. But at the end of the day, you're not in bondage to your habits or your behaviors. We're in bondage to the lies that we're believing. Today, can we make a statement to the devil? We're not going to believe the lies of the enemy anymore. We're, we're going to rebuke him and we're going to say, God, this is your house, this is your temple, and we're going after your truth. No, no more believing the lies. This is the goal because he lies. And you might be thinking, well, I don't know, Pastor, the, the, the devil's pretty powerful. Bible says he's a roaring lion. Does it? Oh, I, you're probably referring to maybe 1 Peter 5.8, where it says, Peter writes, stay alert. Watch out for the great enemy, the devil, who prowls around like a roaring lion. See, you got to read the Word of God real slow sometimes and, and take in the words, everyone matters, looking for someone to devour. He is no roaring lion. He wants you to believe that he is, right? But he's not. As Tweety would say, he's just a little putty chat. I'm sorry, I don't know. Just the Looney Tunes coming out of me. Um, so he, he, like a roaring lion, he'll puff up like a lion, try to look like a lion, but you need to understand, that lion has no claws, hmm. and he has no fangs. But if he can get you to believe that he does, he can control the thoughts in your mind. And this is where it's at. The, the battle lies here. See, it starts in the thoughts, thoughts turn into actions, and actions form our habits, and habits, well, they define your life. So that's why God says, let me transform you by changing the way that you think. This is so big. So, mm, so let's, 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 let's acknowledge the battle that we're facing. We're understanding that there is a battle happening that's spiritual. And two opposing forces, even as you're saved, even if Christ, or even as Christ lives in you as a believer, the Holy Spirit, every day in you is a battle of the flesh versus, this is the best I could come up with for the Spirit, little Jesus, okay? Little Jesus. So he hasn't made an appearance in a while. So, so Jesus, who gave the Holy Spirit to us when he left the earth, so this battle is constantly happening. Happening. To you and I don't know what your Oreo cookie is, what your vice is, but I bet you, I bet you do. I bet you know what it is. And every day, this you wonder. You, some days you might wonder, do I even know Jesus? Am I even saved? Paul was asking himself the same question. So it wasn't a matter of salvation; it was a matter of strength and belief, and not believing the lies, but believing the truth. Which is more powerful? Which spirit? The spirit of the flesh or the spirit of God? 
Yes, yes, I could use Jesus to crush these cookies right now, but I need to use these for the next service, so we can't do that. But that's the, the Spirit of God is more powerful. But all the power in the world is useless unless you allow that power to lead you. The main teaching, you've already got some Romans, we got a little Ephesians, we're going to go into Galatians. And this is the main teaching for today. Paul, again, it's so ironic that God uses this, this mess up of a person, Paul. That's why there's hope for you and me. Oh, if you knew how God wanted to use you and the purpose he had for your life, it may just freak you out. It's, it's amazing. Paul would have never dreamed. So Galatians 5.16, listen. Now, as we talk about this, this battle, listen to how Paul describes it. So good. So, uh, so I say to you, church, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. You see, the sinful nature wants to do evil. Just the opposite of what God wants. Just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. You see, the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of the sinful desires. These two opposing forces are constantly fighting each other. That's why you feel that discontent. By the way, praise God when you know you're struggling. It shows that you know you haven't been defeated, right? It shows that you know that there's a war waging on and you acknowledge it. So let's continue. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions like you want to. But when you're directed by the Spirit, little Jesus, the Spirit, you're not under the obligation of the law of Moses. Let's pause for a second there, because that, like, what do you mean, under, under the obligation of the law of Moses? So when the Bible says the law of Moses, it's referring to the law, the Ten Commandments that, that, that God gave to Moses for the Israelites. So it's interesting that the answer to your question in regarding why do I keep messing up, this isn't the answer. The, ans the answer that it's not is to add more rules, to add more to the law. Do you know why the Ten Commandments exist? They exist to get us to see that we can't do, to, to, that we're sinners. It's to show you that you're, you're, you're messed up and that I'm messed up. And then so we turn to a different path. That's the purpose of them. But here's what happens. I wrote it down. The more we focus on the law, oh, I can't do that. I shouldn't do that. I better not do that. I, sh I know I shouldn't eat the whole bag, but they look so good. The more we focus on the law, the more our sin nature rebels. That's what the Bible says. So it aggravates it. It makes it even worse. So the more our sin nature rebels, the more miserable, miserable we become, and the more tempting sin's promise of happiness is. Again, that cycle we talked about earlier, that's, how, that's what happens. Because we're focusing on the law and the rules, and we're just going to add more to it. Oh my gosh, I'm going to talk about that more in just a bit in a personal way. Back to Galatians. Let's finish that scripture. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature... The Bible says the results are clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like this. It's like I just read my biography before I met Jesus. Anyway, I digress. Let me tell you again. As I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your lives and my life. 
love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And don't miss the last one. It's a biggie. Self-control. Self-control. That's what the Spirit produces in your life when you focus on the Spirit. And then, and then the last two verses I have for you in this, in this uh, book. Those who belong to Christ have nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross. And they have crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. See, we all have sinful desires. I know there's probably somebody in the church because there's always at least one. I do not have sinful desires. I'm sitting in the church right now and I would never. Okay, Jesus, you know. Let's just say this, and I haven't said this for a while, but what if, we t- what if we took all your thoughts from the last week, every thought from the last week, and we put it up on the screens for everybody to see? I bet you ain't sticking around for that movie, and neither am I. So we all have evil thoughts at times. Can we just ignore them? No. No. We're learning we must deal with them decisively, nailing them to a cross. That means we're making active decisions, willingly turning from them, willingly turning from but you can't just turn from something you have to turn to something and this is where people miss it because many people are trying to turn i shouldn't do that i can't do that the law the rules that but they never quite turn to the hope that's there for them and to the answer and to the strength and to the spirit that they desperately need so key oh my see i know this firsthand i uh when I was in high school, we, uh, we, I didn't hang out with the smartest bunch, and I was part of that not smart bunch. But we, uh, one time we were driving a vehicle, and it was, you know, South Dakota is where I grew up, and it was just like Nebraska. Winter happened, and snow happened, and ice happened. And it was an evening of uh, some slippery roads. And I wasn't driving, my buddy was, so there's me, him, and then a buddy in the back seat. And my buddy takes this corner, and he starts sliding. Uh, and we're heading towards a huge drift, a huge like snowbank. And, and as we're sliding, he slams on the brakes. And you know when you slam on the brakes when you're on ice, what happens? You just keep sliding. You'll just keep drifting in that direction, and you can't change it. I don't care how much you try to turn the wheel or do whatever you think you need to do. It's not going to change. So I'm yelling at him, get your foot off the, get your foot off the brake so we can drive, so we can move. And he's like panicking or whatever. So he doesn't do it, boom, into a huge snow drift. And we're stuck. And then he says, hey, I suppose you guys got to get out and push. I said, I ain't getting out and doing nothing. You're the dumb. Anyway, so, but my point is this. The drift happened. You and I always drift towards, in in and of ourselves, we drift towards what's bad. We always do. It's our nature. You have to drive. Say drive. drive. You have to drive towards what is good. You have to drive towards what is good. See, the drift is going to happen. To, to, to get here, you know, to end up in your bedroom watching Netflix and getting here, eating these, all you have to do is nothing. Just let nature take its course. To get here, you got to get in the vehicle. You got to put on the seatbelt. You got to adjust the mirrors. You got to adjust the seat. You got to turn on the ignition. You got to put it in drive. You got to check your blind spot. You got you to start driving. You got to look forward. You have to do all those things. You drift towards what's bad, and so do I. 
we drive towards what is good. This is why I will never stop reminding you at Meadows Church, you have a next step. I don't care if you've been walking with Christ for two minutes or 25 years. You and I always have a next step. And the moment we stop taking it, the moment we stop moving towards the Spirit, actively driving, is the moment you start regressing and drifting. Because drift happens, always does. So, and that's why we create environments and create um, next steps all the time. Talking about uh, groups is one of our biggest ones. If you come for a while, uh, our next step is going to be talking to you about a group. No doubt about it. Not just to get you to do something else, to add to your list or add to your agenda. Because we know it will help you drive towards life, towards purpose, towards Christ. It will not happen apart from others. Getting in the word of God in, uh, intentionally. And the number one thing I hear as a pastor, and I'm sure many pastors hear the same thing. I just, I don't have the time. Right? I don't have the time to get in a group during the week and another hour. And I would say, man, maybe you just haven't drifted far enough yet. Maybe you haven't been broken enough. Maybe you haven't lost enough. Or, and hear me out, hear me out, maybe you don't want to get well. You would be surprised when you peel back the layers of how many people, at the end of the day, I, I want to eat them. I want the whole bag. I want to do it. That was me in a drug addiction for years. Miserable. But at the end of the day, if you peel back the layers, I didn't want to stop. And I, I, I'm here to tell you something. If you don't want to get well, and I've said this before, but it bears repeating. If you don't want to get well, even Jesus can't help you. you you've got to want to get well. You have to choose to get well. You have to like say, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. And say, I will no longer drift towards what is bad, but I will drive towards what is good. And what is good is God. You've got to get proactive. You've got to throw it and drive. We've got to want this. And it requires us to move, but you're not alone. You've got friends and family, many you haven't even met personally yet that will walk with you and drive with you and love you. But I'm telling you, apart from God, you will drift. Apart from the word, you will drift. Apart from others walking with you, you will drift. Apart from prayer, you will drift. Apart from the bride of Christ, the church, you will drift. The more you say to yourself, I got to stop messing up, I got to stop messing up, you're going to drift. The more you keep relying on yourself to get yourself better and away from what you're doing, you will drift. The more you rely on your strength and think it's up to you, you will drift. It's a fact. It's not a, it is not up to you and your strength. It's up to God and his. When Paul, remember where we started? Paul was struggling. In Romans 7, Paul's like, ah, oh, wretched man that I am. Paul is saved. And he's like, ah, I keep going back. I keep buying them. I keep eating them. I can't stop. I keep doing it. I'm miserable after I do it, but I keep doing it. Now, Paul isn't denying there's victory, like, like, like there's victory in Christ. What Paul is saying, what Paul is pointing out, is that you and I cannot walk in that victory on our own strength, in our own will. Victory, come, victory comes from power in Christ, the power of Christ in us. 
That's where the victory comes. It's on his strength. So I told you I would go back to this. Do you remember when we paused in Galatians and it started talking about the law? And it said, you know, it's, the law can't do it. All the law can do is show you that this isn't going to, this will not satisfy. This will never fulfill you. You will never, never live your purpose going back to this. That's what the law does. The law shows us that we need something else. So we have to turn from that and then turn to something else. So, so God ministers to me like he does. This week I'm preparing for this message. And I'm thinking about just the way, just, just things that I've done. And, and the, the whole law thing got to me. It kept bothering me. And, I, and then I finally pinpointed what, where, what it was. And I got permission from, from my son Jake uh, to share some of this. So it isn't like... I'm going to share something that he doesn't know about. Um, but it, it made me think about my son Jake. He's 15, a freshman. And like a lot of teenagers that transition and move to a whole new city and state, and then they, they you know, you're at a pivotal age, 13, 14 years old, and you, you got to transition from middle school to high school. So he's got all this going on. And, uh, and Jake would admit that, like, during eighth grade, like a lot of kids, he made a few decisions that he would regret. And, 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 and his mom and I would get emails once in a while from the school, like, hey, you know, Jake had done this, and him and some friends, and blah, blah, blah. And like, oh, okay, yeah, talk to Jake about it, and, you know, discipline or consequences. And then we get another email, you know, the, okay, now this happened. And we're like, okay, well, what the heck? His mom and I joked that at Jake's graduation, we're going to have, instead of like the the trophies and the medals, we're going to have all the letters we got from the, anyway, so we're not going to, but it would be, because then you made it, right? We can laugh about it. So you are going to make it, but anyway, so you got to thank him later for letting me share some vulnerable stuff, but he loves the Lord, and he, and he just loves the Lord, and he trusts me. Um, so, so we get through eighth grade, and it wasn't, I mean, he, way, he made way more good decisions than bad. I'm just highlighting the ones that were opportunities for this message. And we get to high school this year, and I'm like, all right, Jake, clean slate. You know, you become who you hang out with. Let's pick some solid friends. Let's, you know, we're, we're, we're a whole new uh, faculty, all this stuff. And lo and behold, freshman year, we get an email. It's like, oh, okay. And, and, and this happened. And I, I remember, I remember like, and I remember like getting mad, and I was like, I, I'm like, Jake, don't you listen in church? You know, because the Lord knows I did when I was 15. Uh, so don't you, aren't you paying attention at youth? Jody is like, Monty, do you remember what you were doing when you were 15? I was like, Jody, this isn't about me. <laughs> so I remember getting so, so upset this time when he, when he, when this carried over into high school. And, and my, my method was the law. That's been my method for two years with Jake. Oh, I'm going to take this away. Now I'm going to take your phone. You can't see your friends, and you're grounded, and now I'm going to take your switch away. And taking all these things and adding more on, like, things that he can't do and things that I'm taking away from him. And it hit me. This week, I'm, God brings me to the point where Jake got in trouble that one last time, and it's been, it's been months now, praise God. And uh, I was so mad at Jake. And I said, Jake, get your, get your coat on. We're going to go for a walk. And we grabbed our dog. You know, and we, we were walking together. No one's saying anything. It was kind of a tense, a tense moment because he had just gotten in trouble. And we're walking around our block. 
And I kid you not, God brings me to this point this, this week. We get halfway around the block, and you know what Jake says to me? Just kind of, kind of with tears in his eyes. Dad, why do I keep doing this? And I'm like, wow. We got adults asking ourselves the same question. You could just hear the disappointment in his, in his voice. Why do I keep making these decisions? And I didn't even know the answer then. I'm like, well, you got to be careful who you hang out with. And you got to, you know, and there weren't maybe bad answers, but they weren't even the right answer. Do you know what the right answer was? It wasn't even on Jake. It was on his dad. God taught me through this message. He taught me that I was leading out of law. This is what you're going to do. And this is what we're going to take. And this is how you're going to act. And you will not go there. And you will not do this. And you will not do that. Thou shall not. Thou shall not. Thou shall not. He didn't need more law. What he needed me to press in and love him. That's what he needed. He didn't need more rules. Amen. You get it, Amanda. He didn't need more rules. These are the rules. This is what you're going to do. This, this is this. He needed me to lean in as a father and build this relationship. He certainly didn't need to be made more guilty. He's carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. What he needed to have was some grace. Jake, Jake, thanks for allowing me to share that. And I'm sorry for all the screw-ups that I do as a dad. I'm sure more are coming, but I'm learning. That's what he needed. We focus so much on this. I can't believe you. How dare, what are, what's wrong with you? And, and instead, look, what, look at him. Look, this is how much he loves you. This is how much hope there is. This is how much we can get through this together with him. See, some of you today, you have the devil whispering in your ear. And he is, he is telling you, you you're, you're too far gone. You've messed up too many times. You will never change. Keeps reminding you of these things. <laughs> you know what I think God wants you to hear in your ear? Truth. Truth like, like, like you can't outsin the grace of God. That's a good news for you and me. You can't outrun the love of God. You can't do it. It's impossible. See, it's not, at the end of the day, it is not about how bad you've been or how bad you are. It's about how incredibly good your God is and his amazing grace. You should shout louder than that. That's good news. That's good news. Not my strength, God, but yours. So where do we end? The battle is spiritual. The devil's real. The demons are real. They can oppress you. They can impact you. And I, as a pastor, want to start teaching you how to defend against attacks of the enemy. In Colossians, this is like the fourth book we're going to teach in today. I told you, you're going to get a lot of scripture. That's, that's a beautiful thing for you. Colossians 2.13 You were dead in your sin. You were dead because of your sin. And some of you, you get it because you've been there. Because of your sinful nature, it was not yet cut away. But then God made you alive. Say alive. 
God made you alive with Christ. He forgave some of your sins. Is that what it says? Oh, he forgave most of your sins. What do you forgive? He forgave all of your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away. Oh, here we go again by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers. Don't miss what you're hearing right now. Now lean in. He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory. Say victory. Say victory. Yeah. Victory over them on the cross. The death and, this is what you just heard. The death and resurrection of Jesus disarmed the enemy. Disarmed and defeated the, the kingdom or the rulers of the kingdom of darkness. See, the good news is you don't have to defeat the devil. You don't have to defeat the demons because Christ has already done it. You're walking in it. You can have it. You just got to turn to it. Drive towards it. This power that's available to you is only available to those who are saved. If you've never called on the name of Jesus Christ and surrender your life, you're dead in the water. There's no hope for you. Praise God you're here. Praise God you're watching. I'm going to deliver a message of hope right now that God sent Jesus, that that death that took place on a cross really happened. All the sins that he wants to forgive, they're all, they're all covered by the grace of God. They're not all forgiven until you receive the forgiveness. Like if I ask Jake, Jake, forgive me. I mean, unless Jake forgives me, I'm not forgiven. So, so you have to, by faith, go to God and say, God, I, I'm doing things. I've done things. And he already knows, so you're not going to like shock him, trust me. And you have to sell out and say, I'm sorry. I, I really want to turn. I really want to repent would be the biblical word. I really don't want to do it anymore. I need you to help me. I need your Holy Spirit in me. I believe that you died on a cross for me. But even more importantly, because thousands died on a cross, even more importantly, that three days later, Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He defeated sin. He defeated death. He defeated the devil. But none of that will matter to you. And none of that power will be available to you unless you receive it. Unless you drive towards it. You're not earning your salvation, but you better receive it by faith. The Bible says most people won't. God's, God's grace covers everybody, but yet everybody isn't saved. Why? Uh, because of faith. You have to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God, that he died on a cross and he rose from the dead. And by faith, ask him to come into you and make you new. And that Holy Spirit power, it puts a target on your back, but it gives you the power it already gives you the victory to win. So I, I'm asking a couple things. Number one, who needs to get into a group with other people and, and quit trying to fight this battle by yourself? That's insanity. Those red cards are in the chair backs or online. Just uh, type life groups in the uh, comments. Get into a group so you don't have to do this on your own. Secondly, surrender everything to Christ. Everything. There might be one cookie you're holding back in the whole bag. That cookie will hold you back. I promise you. Surrender everything. The secret, the sin, the lie. Right? The adultery, the abuse, the neglect, the porn, the addiction. Surrender it today. 
There's power right here, right now. The only way you have access to God's power is through His Holy Spirit. And the only way you have His Holy Spirit is by calling on the name of the Lord and asking Him to save you and set you free. Do it today. Mark it on a card. Let us know. I'm going to pray for you now. And, and after I pray, we're going we're gonna to worship. And then the prayer team is going to scatter all around the room, up here, over there, over there. And we're going to pray together. But this needs to be a house of prayer. We need it. This message is so beautiful. If you receive it, it will change you. It will equip you. It will power you. And it will drive, drive you to your God-given purpose. So let me pray. I want, you to, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We rarely do it like this, but you know what? As we do things differently, we grow and we learn. And I want to teach you in this prayer how you can pray, not just to God, but you can also pray to the enemy. Because we can't, we, the Bible says that's the battle we're in. So, to, so to, to not teach you these things, I wouldn't be obedient. You are learning, you are learning battle 101 today. Praise God. You, you should not only be speaking to God, but you should speak to the devil. He can't read your mind, but he can hear what you say out of your mouth. By the way, so all that negative self-talk, he hears that. And, he, and he, will, he will capitalize on it. Father, we come to you today and we surrender ourselves. We submit ourselves to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, right now in your house, in Meadows Church, we give you control of our minds, of our emotions, of our body, of our will. Now to you, enemy, the devil and your demons, I speak to you directly on behalf of the church. We take authority over you. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We loosen ourselves from you and all your lies and all your deceit. You don't have fangs. You don't have claws. You're nothing. You're a defeated foe. We have surrendered and submitted ourselves to God, and we're, we're casting you out to the foot of Christ for judgment you must leave. You see, church, as I'm praying for you, what I need you to know is when, when Christ lives in you, you have his power and authority. You don't need Pastor Monty to pray it over you, even though I, I love to, but you can do it yourself whenever you want, in your car, in your bedroom, in your house, over your kids, that you have that authority to speak directly. And, and, and here's the awesome thing. Oh, my gosh. When you speak it with authority and Christ lives in you, the devil and the demons, they can't not listen. They have to listen because it's like Christ speaking to them and they've been defeated by Christ. So that's the power you have access to. So by the blood and power and name of, and authority of Christ, we command you devil and demons to leave and we send you again to the foot of Christ for judgment. And, and church, one thing you need to know is when you cast something off of you, you want to cast something back onto you. So, so God, now come. Holy Spirit, fire, power, come. Fill us with your power. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us to the brim. Thank you so much for your word and your truth. Thank you so much for your bride, your church. Thank you for so much for your grace and your love. Thank you for your mercy, your forgiveness, your power. Thank you for filling us with your presence and setting your people free. Because we declare in the house today, who the Son sets free is free indeed. Church, if you receive it, give God a shout of praise. Let him know that you receive the Holy Spirit. You receive the word of God. You receive his truth. You receive his love. You receive him. You receive him. Let's worship together.
And then you pray with somebody. It might be in groups right where you're at, or you might come up and pray with a prayer warrior around the room after we sing. I'm telling you, you have access to the power of God. You don't have to keep going back to the well. You don't have to keep going back to the double stuff. You just have to drive towards something better. And that better is Jesus. And if you hear nothing else, hear this. He loves you. He loves you. Father, we love you. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for the cross. And bigger yet, we thank you for the resurrection. It's in your name I pray and the church says, amen. Hey, I want to thank you so much for watching today, but don't stop there. I want to invite you to like or subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single video, update, or message. But not only that, share this message with a friend. I mean, there are so many people out there hurting, struggling, and you have the ability to make an impact in their life. And finally, if, you're, if you live in the Omaha area, I want to encourage you, come join us on a weekend service. We would love, love to meet you. God bless you.